Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Loose Slugs, presented by Double L Sports Network. I am Lauren Leach, your host once again, and I am joined by our co-host, Mark Allen. Mark, what an awesome weekend. Good to be back with you. How are you doing? Hi, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, I thought the weather might get us on Sunday, but uh, hey, hung with it, and uh, we made it through, and yeah, uh, good racing out there all in California. What an awesome weekend, some great racing. The ratings are uh, up again, people really enjoying the racing. Uh, And also another busy week worth of news that just seems like every week there's more and more news that comes up, which is great because people are paying attention to the sport, paying attention to the racing going out there. So uh, another great weekend and we'll get into it. So first for things first, we uh, talked about the trucks. They had an off weekend. Uh, the bounty is out in the uh, news again, and a new driver has joined the chase for the bounty, and that would be Eric Jones. A truck is being built for him by Richie Waters. There's a Wisconsin native. Um, Billy Baylu and uh, James Finch also joining that. So Eric Jones will be piloting a truck truck going for the uh, bounty and beating Kyle Busch. And then we also had some news regarding the Helmar Friesen bounty for the truck regulars. who actually do have to win the race. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Mark, what are your thoughts now that we know a little bit of more information on the Helmar deal? Hey, more money into it. That's, that's fine and dandy as long as you beat them fair and square, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's interesting uh, now that Eric Jones wants to get in and get in too. So, um, yeah, there's some big money to be won there. And, you know, people are talking about the truck series. You and I have always enjoyed watching the truck series. I've talked to a few other people that, that do as well. But the truck series being out in the news hasn't happened for a long time, and this has really gotten things out there. Yeah, I'm having withdrawals. Or it seems like a long time since the trucks have run um yeah, they're running at Atlanta, and I'll uh, be looking forward to that here coming up. Yeah, we have another off week uh, coming up, but uh, we'll look forward to going to Atlanta and, and seeing the trucks back out there. But meanwhile, we've had some great racing in the Xfinity and Cup Series, so let's jump into what we saw at Auto Club Speedway with the Xfinity Series. So the pole goes to Brandon Jones. He had a terrific lap out there, so he grabs the pole. Uh, Then the race starts, and he also goes out and wins uh, stage one. And while he was doing that, he also won stage two. So he had the dominant car early, and everything was pretty calm for the first two stages. And then came the final stage and the end of the race where, Mark, the restarts were absolutely crazy, especially off of turn two. You had a couple incidents happen off of there. Uh, Brandon Brown uh, gets turned around. Um, Michael Nett gets damaged from that. You had Noah Gregson and Ross Chastain get together. Um, that incident really, uh, Ross Chastain didn't really do anything wrong or couldn't do anything about that. Gregson kind of tried to clear himself, and uh, Ross Chastain was kind of at the wrong place, wrong time. And of course, Ross was my pick for this week. Well, a lot of people pointed their finger at Ross on that one, saying maybe he should have, he should have maybe uh, kind of gave way there a little bit. Um, it looked like trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. Um, yeah, Gregson got the worst end of that deal. Um, there was like four restarts in a row that they did never got off a of turn two, and there was just so much contact going down the backstretch. <clears throat> Yeah, so I did hear uh, Chastain could have backed out of it, but it's getting later in the race, so it's all take, especially on the restarts um, lately with the type of racing that's going on. So tough deal for those two. Actually, Chastain came back from that a little bit and got a decent finish out of it, but Gregson, as you said, uh, got uh, got the worst of it. And, you know, uh, that's kind of a couple weeks in a row that Gregson's been involved in an incident where uh, – People thought maybe he was at fault for, so uh, not making too many friends out there uh, right now. But uh, we've always enjoyed watching Noah Gregson talking to him, so um, I think he'll do just fine. Yeah, his owner, uh, Dale, kind of sat him down and and kind of instructed him on how he wants him to race his cars. So I guess they had a little conference there to try to get, uh, get themselves uh, squared away there. 
every point is is valuable as as we've seen the last few seasons and you know if Gregson can pull up in that spot and Ross lets him in maybe he can get a few more points and he has the win at Daytona so he he can afford to take chances like that yeah yeah absolutely and then once on you you talk about some of them incidents down the backstretch like Michael Annette had major damage it was amazing how much that car was tore up on the front and the backside and um yeah, Gregson's just lucky he didn't get collected even more than what he was. But that car, that car was definitely hurt after he nosed it in the back stretch wall. Daniel Hemrick had a had a save late, but that gave a tire rub to the dominant car, Brandon Jones, on a restart. Jones ended up blowing a, a tire and hitting the wall pretty good. Uh, there was actually no caution from that incident, which was uh, pretty surprising. Yeah, that was a tire rub. Well, that was with forty-seven laps to go. Um, another thing that happened was uh, the battle between Chase Briscoe and um, Harrison Burton. Uh, man, them were they were going back and forth and uh, taking the lead from each other, slide jobbing, getting close to each other off the corners with the side draft. Uh, exciting, exciting battle between those guys as the race was coming to a close. Um, unfortunately, Briscoe uh, gets loose off of turn four and then had low voltage on both batteries. He was switching back and forth before that. And then when he spun, uh, the thing had kind of died for a little bit and needed help getting out of there. Like loose what time? It's just like every time he came out of turn four, he just kept getting looser and looser. And then finally one time he just couldn't catch it. But yeah, he kind of got caught on the infield there. There was like a, a little divot there and the car ended up in that divot also. So it, it kind of looked like that he was uh, hung up there, but yeah, the, the battery situation was uh, was was broadcast uh, a little while before that, saying that he was having the electrical problems. So yeah, that that just kind of <laughs> you know that was my pick, and uh, and if he would have been so loose and ended up losing it like that in the battery, he might have had a shot at it. But uh, yeah, he ended up losing a lap out of that, and and that kind of ruined his whole day. Yeah, he actually got by Harrison Burton uh, one time, but they, uh, then got loose, and Burton got back by him. And then, as you said, he just kept getting more loose and more loose off the corner and uh, couldn't save it that last time. Um, Justin Elgeyer also had an incident. He hit a tire carcass and got major damage. Uh, the carcass actually flew back and hit uh, Riley Herp's car, too. It didn't look like it hurt that car at all, but uh, Elgar had major front-end damage from hitting that tire carcass. Yeah, did you see right where it hit in the front end, and it just tore the nose off, you know, right to the grill area, and that is just downright bad luck uh, on, that, on that incident. Austin Sindrick also had a loose wheel and had a pit from 10th coming to the green on a restart, so that was a uh, major time loss there. He was saved by a caution or two and actually comes uh, back through the field and uh, him and Riley Herbs have a battle for second late, and that was a great battle as well. There was crossovers going on, a uh, great battle going behind uh, Harrison Burton, who ended up winning the race. Yep, yep, that was all good Good finishes. Uh, even Haley and Alfredo, they were having their battle also. And um, Yeah, looking at the top ten, the way they finished, um, it was uh, it was an all-around good race. Uh, Segan, the 39 car, he's, to, uh, he's finished in the top ten for every race. And uh, in the preseason, I said to watch out for that guy that he's every time he comes around to the end, you know, Ryan Seager's is always there at the end. So, um, you know, not bad for a guy that was about to give up racing. And, uh, yeah, he looks really stout. Yeah, another note I had was lap traffic. Harrison Burton got caught up uh, in a few three-wide, two-wide battles as he was leading. That allowed um, – Austin Sindrick and Riley Herbst to really close. Herbst was running second when that happened, and he closed in, and then Sindrick closed in as well. He was able to hold on. Uh, ended up being a great race, um, but lap traffic, whew, that was uh, that was a challenge. Yep, yep. I have that on my notes, too, at the very end that said that lap traffic sure was a factor on the end of that race. But, hey, them guys are racing for a position, too, so they have the right to be out there also. Absolutely. Um a couple of interesting notes that I saw here, and I'm going to have to pull up something. Um, the last time that Xfinity raced on Leap Day, Harrison Burton's uncle Ward Burton won the race. Ward so, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of interesting that the Burton's kind of own uh, leap day down there in the Xfinity series. Uh, kind of uh, an amazing stat there. Yeah, that's the eighth um, father and son um, that ha- has been a winner in the Xfinity yep, series. That's, that's actually the other note here. I was going to see if I could find who the other ones were. Here we go. Um, so David and uh, Larry Pearson were one of them. Uh, Joe and John Hunter Nemechek, Bill and Chase Elliott, Terry and Justin Labani, Dave and Ryan Blaney, Dale and uh, Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jr., Bobby Hamilton and Bobby Hamilton Jr., and then Jeff and Harrison Burton. So there's some good company there. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some names from way back. So, yep. Yeah, it was kind of uh, impressive going back and being like, man, I remember when, when that happened. So that's it's always cool when you get to go back and see some history when stuff like this happens. Yeah, did you see the old War Burton car when they showed it on TV that – it looked like an old Buick that was back then. It was a red number 27 brought that in there, you know. So the cars sure look different <laughs> than what they do today, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so then I always try to say who impressed me throughout the race. And guess what? I have from 1st to 12th, I have uh, Harrison Burton who won the race, then Riley Herbst, Austin Sindrick, uh, Ryan Sieg, you mentioned, Justin Haley, and uh, Alfredo. Uh, they finished fifth and sixth. Uh, Daniel Hemrick ends up finishing seventh. Ross Chastain gets an eighth after he was involved in that incident. Uh, Jeremy Clements a top ten. That's awesome. And really, the the two two sleepers that came back and had good finish was um, um, Williams in the ninety two. He finishes tenth. Josh Williams and Myatt Snyder in the ninety three Sieg machine. He came back and finished eleventh. And actually, Myatt fell. A lap down. I'm not sure about Josh, but my for sure was a lap down. So some two lower funded teams uh, getting some good finishes there. Yeah, and it was good to see Josh Williams. You remember we saw him when he won the the ARCA 200 down at Madison uh, when we went down there. That was the time when Ty Majeski ran his one and only ARCA race there at Madison. So all of a sudden I go, hey, Josh Williams, I remember that name. And so, yeah, he pops the top 10. So good run for him. Yeah, he's been racing a little bit in the Xfinity Series. I think he's doing some spotting as well, um, so great to see him. He actually might be starting his ARCA team back up for a few races and having someone else drive. I've seen a little bit of on his Twitter account about something coming up. Um, Justin Allgaier was also impressive, but he had some. He had that damage that we mentioned. He finishes 12th. Uh, Austin Hill was up in the top 10 for the majority of the day in the Hattori machine. Uh, he ends up finishing 16th. He had an incident. And then uh, Briscoe, he finished in 19th, but he was impressive earlier on as well. Yeah, Austin Hill, he in the middle of the race, he had a speeding penalty and he had a cut tire. And then, uh, yeah, and then with 30 to go, he cut a tire again. So, yeah, he, he had a, um, a hard luck award for, for the race for uh, Austin Hill. Yeah, yeah. But a, but a great race, a great finish. Uh, we're really enjoying the racing that we're seeing out of the series. And you and I, at the start of the year, really mentioned that we like the trucks more than Xfinity, and Xfinity may be lacking talent. But I tell you what, they have been putting on some good racing, and we're seeing some of the talent uh, rising up there. And uh, – I'm excited to see how the year continues to improve. Yep, yep. It's worth watching. That's for sure. So then uh, the race had 13 lead changes by eight drivers. Harrison Burton led three times for 40 laps. Justin Haley led one time for three laps. Daniel Henrik led three times for 10 laps. Ross Chastain led four laps. He led the race once. Justin Elgeyer led the race once as well for three laps. Uh, Michael Annette led one time for one lap. Chase Briscoe led three times for 16 laps. Uh, Brandon Jones led one time for 73 laps. He led the first 73. Um, An unfortunate ending for him. The time of the race was two hours, 28 minutes, and 15 seconds. There were eight cautions for 36 laps, and one penalty that I saw, Riley Herbst had one loose lug. And don't forget Wisconsin's very own Josh Balicki finished 29th in that race. Yep. Um, so uh, it's exciting seeing him and seeing where his career will go. He's been racing underfunded teams, uh, but he performs well. And uh, I'm excited to see if anything uh, comes more for him as we go along. Yep. Just keep driving. Just keep slugging away at it. And, and you know, he'll only get better. Yep. 
Um, so to, to end the Xfinity Series discussion here, there was some exciting news coming out a few days ago. Tony Stewart is going to race the uh, Indy Xfinity Series race, which is on the road course there. So uh, Tony Stewart, a beloved Hoosier, returns to Indianapolis, and he's going to go after that title. And uh, it was already a race that we had on the calendar to watch for, and now Tony Stewart, a lot of more people are going to be paying attention, it sounds like. Well, yeah, as long as it's at Indianapolis, he'll race anything there. So, yeah, he likes he likes racing at his home track there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so then we transition into the Cup Series where Clint Boyer claimed the pole. Some interesting things happened during qualifying and uh, shortly before or after. Um, Martin Truex Jr. in the 19 Joe Gibbs racing machine, they couldn't qualify because they had a problem going through tech. Yeah, they two, lost their two chief, car chief and had a 15-minute penalty that will happen at Phoenix. Yeah, they had two body modifications and then one mechanical because the right rear was skewed illegally. So, yeah, they didn't have to qualify. And, and ever since then, uh, Martin Truex just seemed to have a – an attitude all all day long. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, he might be on motor mouths and, and stuff like that uh, this week. If if it already aired, I'm not sure. I didn't catch it this week. But uh, Kurt Busch also failed twice. He was able to qualify, but he'll lose his – he lost his car chief, and he'll also have a 15-minute practice penalty at Phoenix. Um, the big news coming out uh, on Sunday – which actually happened Saturday, I found out, but it wasn't announced until Sunday. JTG Doherty um, had to go to the back, both cars, for pre-race uh, body modifications. So that happened Saturday. It was announced Sunday morning, and I got a hold of you Sunday morning and said, hey, did you hear the big news? So uh, that team has had some uh, good success here early on in the year, but they – they had a problem Saturday afternoon. Yeah, they, they found out about it, and they said, okay, we'll take our penalty and move on. So, so yep, that's um, they got both caught, so they both lost 10 points for body modification. So then we get into stage one. Uh, Alex Bowman ended up winning it, but the things that I noticed, uh, the Chevys were strong once again. Um, there was an incident, uh, which happened and you and I will have some interesting discussion about that. Uh, Denny Hamlin got into Kyle Larson going into turn one as Larson was catching the group there and, and turn Larson into the wall. And, uh, there's a lot, a lot of discussion about that this week. Uh, some people not understanding it, some people understanding it. Um, you and I talked and I mentioned to you that I think sometimes Denny Hamlin gets himself into precarious spots where, Something will happen, and he's he's a great driver, but some things it's it just makes you question what he was thinking, and I think that was one of the moments there. But you know the the racing is so tight, and you're trying to push someone, and you might not be able to see what's coming up, but uh, very early in the race for that to happen. Well, you know, Denny probably would be a lot better off if he'd be able to start where he qualified. Um, on the uh, pace lap, they came in and they changed the shock absorber, and so he ended up starting shotgun on the race. And uh, as you know, he uh, he started last at uh, at at Las Vegas also, so he's been starting in the back of these last races. So that just kind of gives you a little bit more uh, incentive, I guess, to get to the front. Um, I know he gets along real well with uh, with Larson. I guess they're really good friends. You know, they golf together and stuff like that. And uh, well, it was. It was one of them kind of racing incidents when you're going into the corner like that, that you think that you wouldn't be pushing all the way into that corner and it didn't match up for him. And Kyle Larson, he, uh, he hit the wall rather hard. It was amazing that he could actually keep going as, as well as he was afterwards. Yeah. And you know, uh, one thing that happened after the race was there was a video that surfaced and I wasn't sure if it was that night or not, but Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson were shopping and Hamlin was with the cart behind Kyle Larson and he actually hit, hit Kyle in the foot and then said, Oh, my bad. And, um, some people found it funny. Some people didn't. And one person that just heard of it, uh, either yesterday or today was Chip Ganassi and Chip said, uh, Hey Denny, that's not very funny. I have a group of guys here that aren't very happy about having to fix a car and put their, their, uh, sweat blood and tears into it and uh so he wasn't very happy about it larson seemed okay 
which made uh, people think maybe he has one foot out of the door at Canassi. We haven't heard anything regarding that yet, but uh, kind of some interesting stuff related to that incident. Huh? Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't hear about that shopping cart incident, but yeah, when it comes to uh, cars and building them and working on them and all this, uh, that's not a joking matter. So you know, you definitely take it serious once when you're out. Uh, um, bending up other people's cars. So, <laughs> so yeah, I could see that. Yeah, there was a lot of talk on the radio about it, uh, even today, a few days later, and it uh, people were questioning, are Lars, is Larson moving on? Because it seemed like his heart's not into it, and it made people think that Chip Ganassi was questioning him. So, uh, I don't know. It was one of those deals where I think Kyle just, you know, you get through a bad day, you kind of just want to get over it right away, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it as the scene gets along. It's a little early to be talking about that, Um, but uh, let's get back into the race here. Uh, Green flag pit stops started uh, started happening, and uh, the nine of Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, they had uh, some hot entries into into the pit. You and I talked about a little bit of a little bit. Alex Bowman really, really got in there really hot. And uh, it's amazing that that car got slowed down enough to, to meet the speed uh, speed there on pit road. Yeah, yeah, they were smoking them. Uh, uh, Keselowski, he smoked them pretty hard going in too. So, yep. Yep. Um, the other thing that uh, I mentioned or saw during uh, stage one was Toyota moved up to 10th in stage one. Um, but then they kind of stalled there. So um, that was interesting. I was looking forward to seeing what they were going to do in stage two and stage three, and we'll get into that a little little uh, later. But uh, um, speaking of Denny Hamlin and, and Martin Truex, Martin Truex had a kind of a bad attitude all day, like you said, and he was not happy with Denny Hamlin and Eric Jones there in stage one. Well, they've been talk- they talked on the NASCAR hub uh, yesterday, and they were bringing up about Truex, where this has all started from from last year during a championship race that they put the left tires on the right side, and then at Daytona he ran into uh, Chase Elliott's gas can, and then uh, he didn't uh, pass inspection this time, and uh, the cars just doesn't seem to want to work well in dirty air, and uh, yeah, all kinds of uh, frustration coming out of. Uh, Martin Truex lately, um, yeah, he just seemed like uh, there was lots and lots of f bombs on the on the uh, on the radio, and so, and he definitely was calling out Hamlin. He wanted help in the middle of that race, and Hamlin uh, didn't uh, do exactly the way Truex wanted him to. And I guess Hamlin had to tell Truex that once when you do get behind me, I get really tight. So Hamlin had something to say about it, but those two. Uh, at the time, they don't seem like they've been uh, working together well, and uh, there's some frustration coming out of the Gibbs camp there. Yeah, and you know, we just touched on Denny Hamlin and some people frustrated with him and, and questioning the moves that he's making. You know, uh, sometimes earlier in the season, if you're not making friends and you have that win, that can come back to bite you later later on. So um, got to be careful with that. But he knows what he's doing. He's, uh, he's an aggressive racer, and that's why he's so good, is he is aggressive. So... Um, Truex wasn't happy there, but you know what, uh, Denny has to do what's best for him and his team. So, um, there is some frustration coming out of that camp, but I'm sure they'll get it righted and, uh, there'll be a player here, um, throughout the season. Yeah. Speaking uh, of another group- right here, I'm, I'm calling him Martin these days instead of Ryan. So I'm yeah. actually, I'm <laughs> actually, actually, I'm improving here. So, yay. Yeah. yeah, I made fun of you on the podcast that I did by myself a little bit. I think you caught that, but uh, yeah, um, good yeah, job, buddy. There is a difference. And, uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kurt Busch uh, misses his pit after uh, the first initial green flag uh, stops there. Alex Bowman's pit gun hose got stuck underneath the tire for a second. Um, and Jimmy Johnson won the pit row uh the race off of pit road there to end stage one yeah that 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 was a very lucky deal on bowman about getting that uh, air hose out from under the tire it was just barely pinched underneath there and they gave it a, a fast uh um pulled it out real fast and uh, got lucky on that one so otherwise that could have uh that could have cost them some major time yep 
And uh, so Johnson leads the to the green to begin stage two. Uh, good battle with uh, Ryan Blaney and Alex Bowman there at the beginning. Blaney ends up taking the lead. Um, and uh, there was trouble for Christopher Bell there. Uh, what happened, it almost looked like a motor expired, but I saw uh, Levine put on there that a jack bolt from another car went through the nose and ruptured the oil cooler. So it uh, wasn't an engine failure for TRD. An actual bolt went through the oil cooler and ripped it all apart. So um, the other Toyotas uh, didn't have any trouble. They moved up into the, the back end of the top 10 and the top five. So they made some noise moving up through the field while Bell had his trouble. Yeah, and they took um, a picture of uh, that, that bolt and it, the nut was still attached to it. And they took a picture of it. Yeah, it went to the oil cooler and that ruined uh that ruined Christopher Bell's day. Yep. Um, Clint Boyer had a left front go down shortly after a pit stop. Uh, another valve stem problem. It was actually the inner valve stem. So it was kind of weird that we had two valve stem issues in back-to-back weeks because we just talked about it. There was talk about what they should do to adjust those and really nothing was probably going to become of it because there there weren't that many issues and we have uh, an issue in back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, and then they bring it in there and then the uh, the bottom part of the valence was hanging out and the guy starts ripping away at it, you know, and just like, hey, hang on a second, you might be able to pop rivet that. And uh, it actually looked like it had, a, <laughs> it had a curly mustache on it when they left it go. But, yeah, the one of the pit guys was just uh, pulling and yanking away on it when I thought it would have been a lot easier just to pop rivet it back in place. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that the, the guy started pulling away at it too, um, but then he had to come back down a second time, so they adjusted that. But I was surprised by that as well. Uh, because they didn't initially work on that at the start when he came down and also the guy noticed it and he, he was uh, starting ripping on it. And, and I was surprised as you were to see that, that he was doing that. Especially as valuable as, uh, as that front end like that. And that guy just like, was just a pulling and yanking away on it. Like, dude, hang on a second here. You might be able to repair that. So (laughs) that's exactly what I thought too. That, that part is very important. So, uh, that's that's why it surprised me. Um, William Byron ended up benefiting from that caution. He stays out, so he gets some track position. Um, again, extremely close racing on the restart between Alex Bowman, Joey Logano, Brad Kozlowski, Martin Truex, Chase Elliott, and William Byron. There was a couple of close calls for those drivers on the restart. And, uh, you know, you have to get everything you can on the restart because coming through dirty air is a little – challenging and uh they almost made a mess of it you know you come down low and then you sweep across the track and you come up and you chop the guy in front of you and he has the momentum on the outside so what are they going to do they just come up and they just hammer him in the rear end and uh i'm sure there was some ticked off people about that that you know there was people that were actually chopping other people off just because they're coming across from the lower lane coming across with the car on the outside with the momentum um, speaking of going top to bottom, Kevin Harvick goes top to bottom to pass Joey Logano and Kyle Busch, who had a close call of their own. They've had some history over the years. Um, Ryan Blaney had a, had a bunch of garbage on his grill, and he had to use the lap car to get it off. He ended up doing it perfectly where he was able to stay in the lead. And it almost reminded me of the situation back at Pocono in 2014, maybe, when Brad Kozlowski was leading the race late. And he, he had tried to use a lap car to get garbage off of his um, grill. And Dale Jr. goes by, and that made Dale Jr. sweep uh, the Pocono races that year. So that kind of uh, impressed me that Blaney was able to use the lap car and still stay out in front. Yeah, did you see all the trash at the beginning of that race and how much um, trash was blowing around? You know, for a place that complains um, about plastic straws, maybe they should actually get some more trash cans out so then people can throw their <laughs> garbage away. Man. Yeah, that was that was interesting because you could see the the whole all by the wall. It was all garbage. It was all wrappers. Um, I was surprised that they would let the race start like that. We've seen some races have that much garbage as the race has gone on, but yeah, you're right. There was a ton of garbage, especially up by, up by that wall starting the race. That was ridiculous. Um, Made me shake my head. Yeah. Um, Ryan Blaney was able to pull away late in stage two. Um, and then, of course, comes uh, Pit Road again, and Jimmy Johnson, Alex Bowman, and Ryan Blaney were the first off of Pit Road there. 
Um, so we go into stage three, the last stage of the race, and another crazy restart. Um, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, and Jimmy Johnson. Um, they were they were close racing there. Um, Harvick, Bush, uh, Truex, and Hamlin joined the party as the as the stage got going. Uh, Tyler Reddick, he was up to fifth at one point, and I tell you what, he had a hell of a race. Yeah, he was racing with the big boys. Yeah. Uh, that was my early pick uh, in the preseason, saying he's going to win the championship, and he looks like he's already um, he's already getting comfortable with that car. Um, he keeps yeah. racing like that, man. He might pull out a victory before the season's over. Yeah, you're right. I thought Christopher Bell would be the one to to be impressing us early, but he's had trouble, and and Reddick did a did a whale of a job there uh, this weekend, and and he's looking like uh, he's learning quickly. Um, Joey Logano may have brushed the wall coming off of turn two, I believe it was. Um, the 24, William Byron avoided it, but the 20 was underneath uh, Byron as he did that. And the 24 had to save that car because him and him and Jones made contact and he almost went around. Yeah, Byron had a heck of a save. He had the save of the race that, uh, that I had marked down here, that uh, William Byron yeah. had the save in turn two. So then uh, here comes the dominance of Alex Bowman. He takes the lead away from Truex early in stage three. Uh, there was some garbage on the 19 grill as well. Um, Ryan Blaney slid up in front of uh, Kyle Busch. The, uh, Kyle Busch ended up pushing him, and it was almost an incident like Hamlin and Larson had. Uh, Busch pushed him, and it almost turned uh, Ryan Blaney there in turn three. Yeah, he was loose. He was squirrely. He caught it just in time. Um, Denny Hamlin hit the wall running fifth with about 60 to go. Um, then he pushed uh, Chase Elliott down the back stretch, and, and Chase got loose almost like uh, Kyle Larson again. So uh, Hamlin was very aggressive uh, er throughout the whole race, and uh, that's where I was talking. I, I It's one thing to do it late, but early and throughout the race, I just don't know how many friends uh, Denny Hamlin is making, but uh, he's doing uh, what he's doing, and he's having good weeks. But some of these things uh, people are questioning, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. Well, he's got a win in the bank, so he can he can experiment and do what, what he needs to do. He's yep. already got that one victory at Daytona, so, so he's playing on yep. house money right now. And then Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr., they have trouble on their green flag stop in, in Stage 3. Um, the crewman for uh, Martin Truex Jr., Lee Cunningham, he was uh, – Lee Cunningham, I really started to, to pay attention to him. He was a part of that whole pit stop deal when Truex and Kyle Busch got together at Indianapolis a few years ago during the Brickyard. And Lee was one of the guys that wasn't happy that uh, Kyle's crew chief came down – into uh, the pit stop, so I started paying attention to him. He actually had some cramping in his arm that uh, gave Truex the trouble on the on the pit stop there. At first, it looked like maybe it hurt his hand, but it actually he had cramping, so that slowed down that stop quite a bit. His hand looked his hand it just didn't look right, like it was, um, you know, like, like yeah, he had a major injury, or his hand was just all kind of messed up, like he couldn't move it and. You know, and they were going to take him right away. They were going to take him to the infield care center, you know, right away. And then they reported that he just was cramping up. But, uh, yeah, he was wondering if he got his hand in front of the wrench or something like that and, um, you know, and had some major hand damage. But, uh, um, yeah, it just was hand cramping. And, um, yeah, I guess that could happen. Uh, those uh, those um wrenches that they use those drills they uh they got a lot of power and a lot of torque to them and i bet you they're not light either um yep so you know years ago they stuck a lot of money in those those are all nascar issued guns um for a while there there was uh some of the stuff that uh the guys were going through there were faulty guns um so yeah lately with guns and, and hitting uh um air valves lately um it's been a, it's been a uh, a subject to be talked about here with the with the guns and bumping uh the uh the tires making tires go flat and, and now we got hand cramp and yep. stuff like that so hmm, it's uh quite interesting yeah, stuff and, and you know those guys are dressed up in in um 
clothing there that's not the the coolest thing so cramping is uh, bound to happen every now and then and then when you're handling tools like that and tires that are pretty heavy it can happen so I'm just glad it wasn't uh, worse for him I thought like you did he had a major hand injury but luckily he was cramping he did go to the infield care center he was quickly released from there so that was good news coming out of that camp probably just gave him some water um, or something you know get, get hydrated you know those guys are athletes yep. too absolutely Absolutely. Uh, it's kind of crazy uh, how they've over the years become super athletes and, and a lot of them are former football players, former athletes and in, in something and they come over and and they do a, do a heck of a job in making those pit stops be 12 and 13 seconds. Yeah, it's amazing what they do. Um, speaking of Alex Bowman, he had cording on his tires really bad. Um and then, and then later on in the race, you see some people having courting issues. But then uh, Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott had a close call. Um, Chase Elliott and Kurt Busch had a close call. Um, Denny Hamlin and Truex get together. So just close racing throughout the race. Um, um, that's where the Hamlin commented, when you go to, uh, get to the right rear, it gets tight. Um, my comment regarding that is um, – you know, some people that, you know, it, it happens, they understand it, but at the same time, you expect that guy to be in, in control of his car. And if you're going to tell you, know, that you have to take something off of it to make that corner. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say they're close racing. The cars are so even, so aero dependent nowadays. So hard to say, but Trex uh, wasn't happy with Hamlin again, later on in the race. Well, he expects that from a, a little bit more courtesy from his teammate and he didn't get it. So he, uh, he was yeah. downright frustrated. He called him out on it. Yep. Um, Ryan Blaney had a pit from second in the waning laps uh, with a vibration, and eventually the right rear came loose uh, with three to go. Um, Austin Dillon also pit with one to go coming to the white, so they had some issue with tires there. And, you know, we've, we've commented on before, Goodyear's bringing a softer tire and you're seeing some tire wear, but I think that's what's creating a lot of the great racing. So uh, kudos to Goodyear to have a tire that's wearing a little bit. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse because you don't want to see tire issues like back in, I think it was the 2008 Brickyard 400 where they're coming loose every 10 laps. Um, but uh, a tire that's wearing, that's okay if it's creating this type of racing. And unfortunate for Ryan Blaney, you know, Ryan Blaney could almost won every race this year, and he's just had uh, something go wrong. But uh, they knew he was there, and uh, he'll have his time, I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's up on the top of the point standings uh, right now. So, yeah, his time will come. He keeps running like that. He'll get a victory here down the road. Um, so then uh, – Alex Bowman wins the race, uh, Dominic Carr there in stage three, especially. Um, he makes a comment as he gets out of the car and says, uh, well, I told my buddy that if uh, we won the race, we're going to have to get 88 tattoos. So uh, sounds like they're going to, they're going to have to be getting tattoos here pretty shortly. Um, a stat I heard after the race, he's the only dryer from Arizona to win a cup race. This is a second win, but uh, wow, that was uh, surprising to me there. Yeah, a neck tattoo of all things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, penalties uh, from the race there, uh, Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer, they both had one loose lug. So we've seen some of those issues lately. Yep, L loose lug nuts. Yep, yep, they're everywhere. Um, so then uh, let's go back to the Xfinity Series. I think we got to, forgot to talk about uh, – what we expect for Phoenix. So in the Xfinity series, uh, Kyle Busch is defending champion there. I have not seen a driver's list quite yet. Um, Mark, do you have a prediction for this race? Um, it's on at three o'clock on FS1 on Saturday. The weather looks super for this weekend. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the other Ford this week. I'm going to say Cendric is going to uh, pull out the victory here at Phoenix this weekend. That's a good pick. Um, I am going to go with the seven of Justin Elgire. He's had some success there as the years have gone on. So I think I'm going to go with uh, the Chevy Justin Elgire. Yeah, his, his luck is going to have to change here pretty soon. He's had some bad luck going on these last couple of weeks too. Yep. Um, so last year, Cowboys swept the weekend at Phoenix. So he's the defending champion for the Cup Series as well. 
Um, who's your pick for the Cup Series there, Mark? You just mentioned him. Um, he's going to keep rolling. They got that uh, last year's uh, short track package that's going to be going. So I expect uh, um, Kyle Busch will just barely beat out Martin Truex this weekend. So Mark goes with Kyle Busch. That's a great pick. Um, I'm going to go with the four of Kevin Harvick. And we've talked about it at the beginning of the season. We both have Kevin Harvick winning the championship partly and because of the success that he's had at Phoenix and uh, was just talked about on the radio uh, this afternoon about uh, two, two generational talents. Um, there's more, but these two Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, when they, when the car gets loose going into the corner corner, which is what they expect with the new package. Um, there's only a select few that can handle it. And, and those two are, are the main two there. So uh, Mark with Kyle Busch, me with Kevin Harvick. Um, uh, some news from coming out from NASCAR in general in the Cup Series. Um, Blue Emu to sponsor the Martinsville Night Race. Previously was sponsored by STP. So uh, that night race, uh, the first night race at Martinsville, they get a new sponsor there. Um, William Byron tested the um, next-gen car. He actually spun the car out. And uh, a lot of people have been saying the same thing, that it seems to be hard to drive, especially when it's out of control and uh, it's unsavable when it, when it gets that loose. Yeah, there was a, there was, yeah, it was on lap six that he lost it on there. That's now known as the, the uh, P3 vehicle. Um, they had to do some uh, modifications on that vehicle um, because they were having problems with, uh, with access to the front end of the vehicle to get to the valve covers and there was some, uh, they needed some movement around in the back end to make it accessible to get to changing shocks and springs on the rear end. Um, they're going to actually have some vendors that are going to start setting up here by the end of July. So the, so the race teams can actually uh, start buying parts from it and they're going to set this up in North Carolina. Um, the next test for that, uh, Gen 3 car is going to be in Atlanta, and they rotate from each uh, manufacturer, and it should be a Ford driver. Uh, fingers are pointing that it should be a Stuart Haas driver. And um, I've seen the car, and everybody thinks it's a Dodge. And a lot of people thinking, hey, Dodge is going to get back into the series, but uh, it's just the way the front end of the car looks right now. Everybody's getting excited thinking that Dodge is getting back in. Well, that would be exciting if there was another manufacturer that got back in. Dodge would be great to see. I've also heard some other manufacturers throughout the last few years getting in. Uh, time will tell, I guess, but uh, that would be that would be encouraging news. Yeah, they're also going to put an 18 inch uh, 18 inch tire on it, and it's going to have a single nut on there instead of the uh, the five uh, loose lug nuts. Like, so we're going to only have one loose nut on on the program here and we'll try to keep it plural. Um, they say um, that if you use um, five uh, nuts on an 18-inch tire, you lose 30% of the durability of the tire itself. Um, yeah. So this is going to eliminate um, having adhesive to put the nut on the car, on the, on the wheel. So that's going to take that away. Um, I heard last year that they were going to take the Jackman away. Uh, for safety reasons, and put a, um, a hydraulic jack on it, just like uh, Indy and F1. But at this time, NASCAR did not mention that they are going to eliminate the Jackman, so maybe that has gone away. I heard a little bit about that earlier in the year before the season started as well, that they're going to put an air jack in the car. I'm not sure where that stands. Haven't heard much about it either, um, but that'll be interesting. I did hear about the single lug nut. Uh, based on what they said about the five lug nuts, I think that'll be an okay move and uh, prevent uh, some other things from happening as well. You leave some loose lug nuts uh, on there. Um, that's not good, as you mentioned, for the durability and loose tires all the time. So it'll just be one single nut there. Um, the other thing that you touched on was the 18-inch wheel. That's actually going to be an aluminum or alloy wheel. And a lot of people were concerned about that because obviously aluminum isn't as durable as steel. And they were wondering how that'll work because as it sets now with the steel, it'll actually, the steel will budge a little bit if you hit another car 
or the wall, and they're concerned about the durability of that. It sounds like William, after William Byron hit it with it being 18 inches, it seemed to be okay. There was not a not much difference between the aluminum wheel and the steel wheel. So um, time will tell. I'm sure they'll learn a lot over these tests, and it's great that they're doing these to get in front of a lot of things here before the next season starts with the new car. Yeah, it's got to think outside the box, but yeah, you're right. Aluminum aluminum rims are not that durable, so as much as a, as a steel rim. So yeah, it'll be all a learning curve on uh, learning how to deal with that. Yep. Um, and then also Phoenix Raceway and Jeff Gordon are teaming up to redesign a building on the Midway into a nightlife experience that will be called The Barn. It's going to open Friday and Saturday night. It'll be $10 to enter and will feature music, drinks, games, TVs, and simulators. So that sounds like a lot of fun that's happening over there at Phoenix Raceway. Well, if there's um, a simulator, night- we, should, we should go then. What do you think? If there's a yeah. simulator there? You know, yeah, you know what? Um, Phoenix has been a place that I've thought about going. So uh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely need to get back, get out there someday. So that's on the bucket list. To get out there yep yep you and i've been talking and we've got a few tracks in mind so we'll see uh over the next few years how we get to get to some of those um but uh some more interesting news uh sunday's race at auto club speedway was the most watched event on sunday even over lakers versus pelicans so that was interesting that's great news um Next year's Speed Week, it was announced. Um, it's going to be from two weeks down to one week. The Clash will actually be on Tuesday, and they're going to have it on the road course. And they're going to be at night, and they're also going to use the 2020 cars, not the next-gen car. Um, the next-gen car will come into effect after the Clash for 500 qualifying, which is going to be on Wednesday. The duels will continue to be Thursday, trucks Friday. And then Arca and Xfinity are going to have a double header on Sunday. And then, of course, the Daytona 500 on Sunday. So we were expecting some news for the schedule to come out later in March, early in April. And some news has dropped about uh, speed week, I'll say now. Yeah, that Xfinity and Arca race is on Saturday, not Sunday there, buddy. So, but yeah, they're moving, oh, nice. that, Arca, yeah, they're moving that Arca race back uh, from the Saturday because uh, apparently the uh, Super Bowl – is going to be back one week. So they would actually be clashing, qualifying for the 500 and the Super Bowl on the same day. Sounds like the Super Bowl is going to be back one week uh, later than what they normally run it. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, Tuesday to Sunday is Speed Weeks next year. So uh, this is all part of that new 2021 schedule that they're going to re- uh, redo. Yep, it'll be exciting to see what, what comes of that. I think the clash going to the road course is, is interesting. Um, I hope that there isn't a huge thing about going to rovals and road courses because you don't want to overdo it. Kind of the same thing that happened with mile and a half back in the day. They thought it was the greatest thing, and then a few years later they weren't so good. But now, obviously, with the new package, they've actually been the best kind of racing, actually. Um, so I hope they, I hope they don't overdo it. I hope it's, um, I hope it's different. I hope there's, there's some more short tracks and, and road courses, but you have to have some good diversity in there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what else gets announced here now that we're in the month of March. Um, I apologize if I said Sunday for Arca and Xfinity, I'm at Saturday. And then of course the 500 on Sunday, um, The other news that I have listed here is Jimmy Johnson has been offered to test an IndyCar at Barber Motorsports Park by Aero McLaren SP. That is uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama. IndyCar races there. Um, Aero McLaren SP also has requested the number 48 number and has been given it from another team. Uh, So it sounds like Jimmy Johnson is on his way to potentially uh, racing in some IndyCar races in the future. So that's, that's kind of exciting to see what, what else he'll do. Um, I know it's not NASCAR related, but uh, Jimmy's still in NASCAR. He's been a prominent figure, seven time champion, one of the best that we'll ever see. So some interesting move uh, news uh, regarding him. And then uh, he'll also give the command from his car at Atlanta. So that's pretty cool. How'd you like that five wide that they did for, uh, for the beginning of the race on the pace laps? That was really sharp last week. That was cool. 
that was awesome. And then to have his family up waving the green flag and up in the stand, I can't imagine the excitement for them and him. Uh, they were waving and he was waving as, as they were going by. Um, I don't think Jimmy likes all the attention. I know I probably wouldn't, but, uh, you know, it's nice to do something for him. He's, he's a seven time champion. One of the best we'll ever see, as I just said. And, uh, that was really cool to see, as you said. Yep. Yep. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. That was really sharp. Yeah. It's, it's nice to pay respect to one of the best that ever done it while you can. Uh, so great tribute there for Jimmy and, and great for the fans to see as, as you said as well. Um, so that's all the, the news I got for this week. Uh, Mark, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, they're going to put traction control here at Phoenix here on Sunday, or I think Saturday also. Hopefully uh, they bring it down a little bit lower. Last year they put the traction control down, um, but it was so so much out of the upper groove that it was hardly even used. So I think they're going to bring that down a little bit. So we're going to have some traction control going on this weekend. Um, otherwise, yeah, the weather looks good this weekend. They says the weather's been, uh, uh, been fickle here for the last uh, couple weekends, but, uh, it looks, uh, 100% green and green. And, and we're going to get some good racing in this weekend at Phoenix. You know, speaking of the weather, um, the thing that we heard about moving West early in the season was to avoid some of the weather being out in the desert and the, and the hot sun out there. And you know what? We've had some weird weather out there to start this year as well. So uh, glad to hear that the weather is looking good for this weekend. I did hear something about the traction compound as well. It is going to be different from last year. The PJ1 will be put down again. Uh, so that might produce uh, some good racing as well. Seems like that's hit and miss over the last few years. But uh, I think we'll see more some more good racing. I think the package will be interesting to see how the cars are uh, going to be handling and and what drivers uh, rise to the top there. Yep, absolutely. So that's something uh, it'll be worth, worth tuning into. So uh, we'll be front and center uh, watching that this weekend. Yep, and Phoenix over the years, uh, I know people didn't really care for it last year uh, with the package, but Phoenix has brought some great races over the years too. So uh, looking forward to another great weekend and continuing the hot streak that NASCAR is on. And uh, we will talk to you all next week. Yes, we'll see you next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Yep, thanks, everyone.